Rise and Climb with Anna, where I share stories of hope, healing, and hardship to help you overcome the obstacles you face. This is the most listened to family and teen podcast that equips teens and parents with truths to rise and climb to the occasions you are facing today. Enjoy. Alrighty, we are back with um, part two of my story. And when I say my story, this is not really narrowing in on some things. Um, I just want to kind of give you a brief synopsis of who I am, why I've come to believe some of the things I have, and um, just hit on some key things with that. So I left off with, grew up in a big family, found a lot of identity outside of the home, body dysmorphia issues, disordered eating, eating started coming in to play really college years. And um, I joined the National Guard out of high school, and then I gave my life to the Lord. And so now I want to come back in with um, really where I was at in college. I was a really great student, um, founded the Nutrition Club, was addicted to working out and being healthy. So I was really so healthy. I was unhealthy, um, stopped getting my period, you know, a lot of things that if I missed a workout, I wasn't okay. Very, you know, still easily agitated because perfect body image, that was my control. And that was a way, way for me to control things. What I ended up doing was I, I don't know, I don't even, I had a high school boyfriend and then I didn't really date much in college. And at some point I really wanted to and just really surrendered it to the Lord. Then my senior year, I was getting ready to deploy to Iraq and um, God led me to that decision. And I was a chaplain's assistant and this guy started pursuing me and he was a great guy amazing family, godly man, um, really great morals and standards, you know, and of faith. Um, He graduated early from my college and he had moved to Alaska. That was really cool. He really wanted to get to know me. I was not interested in him at first and, um, but then decided to give him a chance. And he's, he was cool enough. He did so many cool things. I thought, yeah, let's get to know him. And so I did, and that one thing led to another, and by this point, it was like, he was, he was great marriage material, and I was, I was, I was at a point where, like, I'm not going to date just a date, if I'm going to date, it's because I could marry you. We start to get to know each other right in the midst of me graduating, and then getting deployed, and then, like, I visit him in Alaska, he visits me, and it seems all great, so we decide to continue to get to know each other on deployment, And so we really bonded through this crazy event in our lives, right? And we both liked crazy and adventure. And so this kind of riding that for me, at least it was like this adrenaline train of like, whoa, this is so cool. I'm going through deployment and on deployment is where I would say my controlled eating went to binge eating. And I really struggled with basically numbing my feelings and numbing my emotions. I didn't know it at that time, but I was just basically stuffing myself. Because if I was stuffing myself, then I could focus on like the shame of that, the weight of that. But at the same time, my job was to be there for others. I was known as the health person. I was there to protect the chaplain. So, And I was there to keep other people alive. So I didn't realize it at the time, but it was really, that's how I dealt with some of my mental health stuff, anxiety, depression. Um, But I, I focused on like the sin of it, like, gosh, I'm not content in the Lord. So I, you know, I must just be sinning in this. So I focused on that, took a class on like how to get free from food bondage and all that. Not saying any of it was bad. (laughs) What I didn't realize was 
Anytime we have that addictive behavior, it's a sign that something is going on. And instead of really saying what's going on, I just kept going. Everybody on deployment gets a two-week break. So there was a lot of crazy and unhealthy things going on back home at my family. So I said, I can't deal with the stress of that. My deployment needs to be refreshing. So I'm just going to go spend two weeks in Alaska with my boyfriend at the time. And we decided, you know, we, we saved ourselves for marriage. So the visit was really about just seeing him and um, having a safe space to unwind from my deployment in Iraq. I get there and the day that I get there, like I'm just hardcore struggling. Um, I didn't realize at the time, but lots of anxiety. I see him and it's like kind of weird, but I just thought it was weird because I was on deployment and making all these excuses. Then that night, I got really homesick and I don't get homesick. So I thought, you know what? I need to go home. I actually called my, I think I called my godmother. She's like, Anna, come home. And I was like, I want to. So I bought a plane ticket home and I did like a one week home. So I went home, rejuvenated, everything went well. I really felt this pressure to know if like what I was going to do or say, like what was my future with my boyfriend at that time and were we going to get engaged and all that. And all my friends are kind of getting engaged in that season of life. I really wanted a ring. I'll admit that. One day I just decided if he asks me to marry him, I'll say, why not? That was my idea. It was like, yeah, that worked great. That's why I joined the military and that turned out good for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say, why not? That'll be good. So I was like, you know, mom, maybe we should go ring shopping. So we went ring shopping and all that. I came home and I saw a ring on the backdrop of her laptop. And I was like, mama, what's that? She's like, oh, Anna, Anna, you weren't supposed to see that. She could have like lied. She could have, I mean, I'm glad she didn't lie, but she could have just been like, oh my gosh, she could have offlaid it. But I knew my boyfriend had a ring, but I decided I would say, why not? I didn't know when he was going to ask me. And we didn't talk about marriage. We tried to talk about marriage. He asked me what I thought about. And I said, you know what? I wouldn't be dating you if I wasn't ready to marry you, so I don't want to talk about it anymore. Let's just say my parents did not have a great marriage. I didn't know a lot about marriage. I didn't know what healthy relationships were, but I knew that this was a great guy, and I would be crazy not to like him. So this was who I should marry. And in the meantime, still dealing with a lot of the binge eating and all that, but secrets stuff. Wouldn't talk to anybody about it. I get back to Alaska and like one of the next days we go snowmobiling and he brings me up into the top of this mountain and he gets down on one knee and he says, will you marry me? And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't like that ring. How do I pretend I like that ring? Remember this people pleasing, like it's about other people and kind of how I thought felt about it was, well, I'm a people pleaser. I mean, I didn't say I'm a people pleaser, but I was like, well, if he likes me, then I can like him. It was, it was very, very much more about him and making him happy. And so he's like, well, what do you say? Because it was like a minute of silence. Because I was just being, all of his friends were down there on their snowmobiles waiting for us. And I could not face that. I was missing my deployment. I was just very confused. And I, so just like I rehearsed, I said, why not? After a minute, he goes, is that a yes? I go, sure. And he took that as a yes. And I took that as a yes. And I said, but let's not tell anybody, you know, and for the sake of it, I feel like I should go into more of this another time. Did it end up working out? 
Right. Somebody had said, hey, Tennyson, just so you know, you don't have to marry. This is when I was back. And I was like, I know it'll be tough, but we've got God. We can handle it. I realized that night, I don't have to marry him. I guess I don't really want to marry him. Like, I don't want to. I feel like I should, you know, I like who he is, but I'm not in love with him. Like, it's a very dutiful thing. It's because like, why wouldn't I? He's great. You know, and really what it came out to is I realized he deserved to have somebody love him as much as he loved me. And he was great. And at, at one point I did end up saying though, like there wasn't anything he could change. He didn't do anything wrong. He took the breakup extremely hard as he should. It went from one minute, love you to, oh no, this can't be. And we can't work on it. I don't even want to date you, let alone marry you. Like when I knew it was done, I knew it was done. There was nothing he could change. It wasn't anything that I could change about me. It just wasn't the right person, but that was very hard. Because now I'm disappointing an amazing family, an amazing guy. I disappointed my family because they were all very confused and hurt why one minute I was going to plan a wedding and the next I'm not. Put it plainly, it was a very dark time. So my binge eating got worse. Now I came back from deployment. I wasn't able to work out anymore because my body was shot. I'm not literally, but more... um, My adrenals were shot. It was just a very rough time. Gained a bunch of weight, couldn't work out, couldn't be healthy. I didn't have my college identity anymore. I wasn't engaged anymore. I got out of the military shortly after because my contract was up. I didn't know what my next step was. It's a very confusing and dark time. But that is what finally got me to say, holy cow, Anna, You almost got engaged to a guy because he wanted to, and you hurt him. And it was the first time that I realized that my people pleasing actually wasn't helping people, but it was hurting them. So I knew I had to do some healing. And so I started probably five years of a healing journey, took a class, did counseling, but it wasn't just one thing. It was a lot of stuff coming together. And I say all of this because, you know, I broke off this wedding and I'm not doing good. You know, I'm depressed. You went to the doctor. He said, oh, I'll give you medication. And I just knew medication wasn't for me because I realized my whole life was like everything was to numb pain. You know, if I could control things, I could numb pain. Eating was to numb pain. And one of the things I had to do was face my feelings and face my fears and face certain things. I started to. And one of the things I realized, I go to food because that's my only escape. That's my only fun thing that I do for me. So one of the things was like, you need to find other fun things. So I realized, wow, I really love baths. That's one thing that I can do instead of not eating. Oh, I really like movies. I never watched movies up until then. Now I love movies. So I learned a lot about myself. Peel back another onion of the people pleasing. So I'm going to kind of fast forward. Eventually, my husband came back into my life. I say back into my life because he, we, I've known, we've known each other since we were like four years old, family, friends. His, his brother married my sister. So we've known each other a long time. 
he had to go on his own journey and his own path. So we'll share our story sometime. And God, but God brought him into my life and we both loved each other. And I knew that's what I was looking for. And that's why I had to say no to the other guy because there was just something better. And I just had to pray that there was something better for my ex-fiance because um, I didn't mean to hurt him. But I did have to dedicate to not hurting people like that in the future. Um, so fast forward now to a little bit of today. I started to go down a holistic health point because that's what really helped me getting on some good supplementation, learning how to eat balanced. It really is what helped me. And we grew up, we didn't go to doctors much anyway. So I already had that kind of that bone of like, yeah, I don't really think mainstream, but that didn't really start to get sh shaken or, you know, rocked or anything until COVID. And so that's when God really started to bring out some verses like a Colossians 3.23. It's on my headboard of whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for Lord, not for men. And really showing me the sin of people pleasing. And really giving me this idea that eventually, like Jesus was not a people pleaser. He was a God pleaser. But then all this controversial stuff with the election and all that really started to be God's training ground of, do you care what other people think or do you care what I think? And all that matters is what God thinks. Because if I'm right with him, then it's going to be confusing to others. And that's okay. So I'm, I'm going to kind of wrap it up, but I wanted to go back to, you know, I don't care if you're listening to this and you're 60 or you're listening to this and you're 17, you know, years old or 35 like me. Um, we, that peer pressure to fit in with the world that like high school, everybody's doing it mentality doesn't go away. So I just want to encourage you on your journey to really kind of figure out where in your journey you started to be a people pleaser. You started to care more about what the world th thought than God. And I really encourage you to read James because James talks some really great things about like you can't be friends with God and friends with the world. And, you know, no matter what it is, it doesn't have to be exactly like we're all called to be passionate about different things, but you want to share the gospel and you want to share God's love. It's going to be radical and it's going to be non-conforming to the world. And you're going to have to cling and conform to God's way. And I'm still learning it. I don't think that I'm an expert, but this, my rise and climb journey I want to share that with you. And part of my rise and climb journey is rising and climbing from being paralyzed from what other people think and not doing or speaking up. And I want to, I pray over my kids that they can be justice warriors. And I want to be a justice warrior. I forget being a social justice warrior. Social justice warrior is counterfeit. You're just God's war justice warrior. That covers everything. And, um, and if you're a social justice warrior, is that look like the world and you conforming to the world or is it God's justice? And even realizing that God is the bringer of justice. It might get uncomfortable with people and you might ruffle feathers, but if you stay rooted in love, 
I can tell you the journey is so rewarding, so amazing. And even though I've lost friends, whether it was because of my Christianity, whether it was being outspoken about things that I see unjustly and that offends people, just like Jesus offended people. As long as I'm right with the Lord, that's what matters. But I want to bring it to this point of being very careful. This, I'm not sharing this because this is everybody's issue, but God gave me this dream and it was to really convict me and correct me. And this is why I took a bit of time off. I had this dream that there was a guy doing something really wrong. It wasn't like perverted. It was just totally wrong and totally unjust. And I was so pissed about it. And I was like, and I had my phone up and I'm like, no, you're wrong. And my phone would not record. And I got so mad because I had to have my phone because my phone was going to bring justice to the situation and being recorded. Then I could tell people about it and that would bring justice. It wouldn't work. And I got so mad. I threw it down. I dropped the F-bomb. I was so pissed. Not even a righteous anger, very fleshly anger. And then a guy that represented Jesus went up to him and talked to him prayed for him and guess what the guy stopped and I remember and like God like whispered it like see Anna I need you to do more of that you do a really great job of bringing things up but you're not even coming to me you will be so quick to talk to other people about it and never come to me and talk to me about it in prayer because prayer is what will actually change things and so that's what I want to bring up to you today, just kind of bringing it all together, that no matter what you're going through right now, if you're mad about things or there's certain things that you want to see changed, you know, whether it's you're struggling with an addiction, people pleasing, you're struggling because you're lonely, because you are trying to do the right thing, it is that prayer that will change us and be the fruit to train, change others. I just want to share that with you. I hope you're blessed. I hope this makes sense. Thank you for listening. To hopefully, if you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen to part one because um, it kind of sets up who I am and where I'm going. I'm super excited. I'm along for the ride because God's not done with me yet. Thank God, because I've got a lot of refining yet. And he needs to be in me. Well, God bless. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please give Rise and Climb a five-star review or share it with someone you think who would equally enjoy it. If you also feel so led, you can support this podcast with either a one-time donation or monthly subscription to help pay for sound and editing equipment that helps produce more kingdom-driven and relevant-to-the-times content. God bless.